Hi Daniel, welcome. Hi Adam, nice to meet you again. Yeah, after 14 years, I think. Well, in person at least, yeah. Or yeah. Like life, yeah. Now, back to the important stuff. What was your first computer? My first computer, uh, well, I'd say the one I was using a lot, my first computer was actually a Schneider CPC 664. Mm -hmm. and, but it was not in my place because it was actually in a, in a store in a, in a, in a near, nearby city. I didn't own one. Which stock? Fele, Karstadt or something like this, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, a smaller one. It's a small okay. town. Yeah. But I, I, I somehow figured out that there's a computer and uh, I was lucky in a sense that I had a teacher, a math teacher, who, added, uh, who offered uh, additional classes uh, mm -hmm. on computer programming and stuff. And it was completely new and I went in and I really loved it. But there was only one computer for like 20 guys. So you had no no time where you could actually use it, and then someone later someone told me like in the, in that store they have a computer in the in the basement, and it's just there to kind of that people can try it out whatever, mm -hmm. um, and so I went there and started programming on that computer. So you started programming. So, so yeah, what, yeah. the first thing you did with computer was programming or playing. At at that time there was no games on that thing. They just okay. had installed it and it was just showing the command prompt and. Uh, okay. Then I thought I had a, a new a few um, commands in basic from that mm -hmm. um, school class. Mm -hmm. So I started on a on a classical typewriter at home. I wrote like ten lines of code, and then I went to the store and tried it out. And sometimes it worked, sometimes not. Mm -hmm. um, and why you did it? Sorry. Why you did it? I mean, this why is a... I, I was just kind of fascinated. I I actually the I think that the teacher did a really good job. He did not just like let us program. But at that time, I mean, it was like early 80s. He actually mm -hmm. had also like a, a electronic model car. And he kind of wrote a steering with the computer for the car that followed like um, lanes that were glued on the... That is crazy back then. Uh, yeah, it was really, it was crazy cool guy. And okay. so I, I had feeling like, oh, it's interesting. Let's, so I want to try it out. And then, uh, yeah, so I went like two or three times a week. I went to the store. Problem was after half an hour normally I was uh, discovered and then some of the salespersons came and say hey go away this is for everybody if you block it all the time nobody can try it out okay and so that's why I bought then uh, my first floppy disk so I could always save before I had to leave and then I, I... your first floppy disk this is this interesting story <laughs> yeah yeah that was yeah that was the, the the early beginning let's say yeah and how long it took to have the first program which is working so. Um, not not that long. I maybe maybe one two hours because I, the the first program I remembered was uh, just basically printing a text. I don't know, I don't remember which text, and then in a loop like adding spaces so that it oh, okay. it was like uh, flowing over the screen. It showed it was kind yeah. of an animation with with text. That was my one of my first programs. But not Hello World, right? No, it was not Hello World. No. Yeah, like, this yeah. also. Uh, I had already the conversation on the podcast, and uh, for me, Hello World, I didn't knew about Hello World. So uh, it came later. Same to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Same. Yeah. Okay, and what you actually wanted to build? I think at the, I, had, I had no no clear vision. It was just like it was something completely new. Mm -hmm. And and somehow it attracted me. And then I kind of explored my, um, in, in, in small steps. What else can you do? Uh, after this was working, what else can you do? And I mean, there was no, uh, there was no internet. There was no uh, YouTube. So I had, there was no inspiration. Nobody knew about these things, or mm -hmm. basically nobody. So it just you were on your own. So this, there's the thing, and let's try it out. And I mean, I think that what 
went on probably for half a year or a year. And then my my dad was actually um, so wise, saying, hey, kind of this is uh, interesting stuff for the future. So he he um, paid one third of a first computer. My, I have an older brother. He paid one third, me one third, and we put that thing in our basement. And so, so we had then uh, our own, uh, actually the same model, the Schneider CBC664, our own computer. Mm-hmm. And then we started to to explore with these things. Was it actually expensive back then? If you compare it to today, I I I think it was around a thousand marks at that oh, time. Okay, uh, it was quite expensive, but uh, not extremely. Let's say. I mean, so like an iPhone, maybe now, right? <laughs> which wasn't around at that time, but maybe yeah. Yeah, comparing but, so yeah, I, I mean, my, marks my, back then is like one thousand euro right now. I would say, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But I had no really, um, no real uh, imagination of the figure or stuff like that. I was just happy that we had one in the cellar. No, no. But uh, for yeah. me, I just thought about that. Um, for me, was uh, oh, back then computer were crazy expensive. This was my yeah. perception, and uh, I just wanted to find out was it just me or yeah. they were because um, yeah. Actually, with the with the second one, uh, this was the first one, and the second one was uh, um, Intel three eighty six SX. Okay. Um, and this one, I think. This was maybe one two years later, and that this cost like four thousand Daymarks, and I was like, "What the heck?" Yeah. I mean, that that was really crazy. The, the Schneider one, it was okay. I think they had the problem. I mean, they were there was a Commodore C sixty four. Everybody yeah, was, exactly. that that was the, the the game changer. So you want if you wanted to sell a similar computer with similar capabilities but uh, less popularity. You had to go lower, but that was probably the reason why this was. So this is what I know. I also had an, uh, not three, but uh, I had a Pentium. It was also yeah. around two thousand euros. So I knew this is a lot of money, but I, 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 um, I suspected that you know the early C sixty four or the Schneiders were really expensive, but they were yeah. as expensive as later PCs, right? That's I think. Okay, that was my impression or my memory. Yeah. 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 So and the, and okay, so. Which kind of programs, or did, have you played at home, or just? Yeah, I actually, I well, I, it's kind of similar as I did in the store than at home. Okay, what can you do with the thing? And uh, we, I mean, games were pretty expensive at that time. So um, uh, actually, I pretty soon I started to write my own games. And uh, of course, I mean, if you start, it's not like the super complex thing. So you, I thought about okay, what. What kind of games are around that have some kind of uh, electronics inside, logic and stuff that could be easy to to um, mo- program yourself on a computer? And I remember one of the first things I was writing was uh, Senso. I don't know whether you remember that game. Mm-hmm. That was, uh, I think, from Mattel. There was a like electronic box. It mm-hmm. basically had um, four um, buttons on it. Mm-hmm. Every button with a different color. And the, the, the game was pretty simple. I mean, the, the computer started, it would um, light one of the buttons, and every button was attached with a sound, with a, a different tune. Mm-hmm. And then it would probably start with yellow, I mean, it's probably a C, and then you, it was your turn, you, you pu- pushed the button, and if it was correct, the computer would start again with the yellow and then add a second one. So mm-hmm. the sequence would get longer and longer, and as long as you were able to replay it properly as a human, the computer would continue, and then so the the goal was basically to to get to um, as long as uh, as far as to possible to memorize the sequence, right? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. And so now you are working biotech as DNA research engineer, <laughs> right? Because you could memorize ten thousand ten thousand steps. <laughs> not not exactly, but I mean that that was pretty easy to to program and was fun, and I I didn't have how good were you? I mean, how how many colors could you remember, or how how long was your sequence, roughly? This is interesting. I think I think like uh, like sixty. 
Wow. So so I was I was already playing a musical instrument at that time. So I was pretty good in like I could rather remember uh, remember the the melody than the colors. So that's mm -hmm. why how I, I I worked on it. I remembered uh, which tune is which color and so like that. I came came to sixty sixty something. Yeah. And the other kids. I don't know how good 60 is. So what is normal? Yeah, I Five. I don't I don't know either. I I never owned the electronic game. I never talked okay. to anybody. And and I mean the only one who was using that computer was my brother. But for him it was, that was too boring. He was uh, on another level. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know want to know on which level he was. But I, I can I can I can. Tell, I mean he's he's like three years older and he's a very intelligent yeah. guy and uh, he kind of. He rather used the things to to make complex calculations, like uh, you know the fractals, like with imaginary wow. num numbers. Okay. Yeah? And so the the whole screen was covered with kind of uh, mm -hmm. German, you say like the the apple um what apple man. The uh, the man uh, the the man yeah Mandelbrot yeah it's the Mandelbrot yeah, 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 exactly yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly and the only problem was this um, with that computer at that time this could last for like two or three days and during that time mm -hmm. i couldn't use the computer so that's why i hated the, those things yeah okay yeah interesting so uh, and you never played right no no i i then then this was kind of so first i played the games that i wrote and then mm -hmm. later i kind of um well bought some games or uh, <laughs> i first I, played the games i wrote this is actually <laughs> <laughs> this is good well that's what we had to do and uh, actually before I, I did that, I had one friend who had an uh, Atari like console, mm -hmm. and the the crazy thing there, I mean, the, there was these listings in the in the magazines, right? And, and we were mm -hmm. actually like two three guys. We were typing fifteen thousand lines of code, uh, assembler stuff, and, and then finally you had it in like after four days, and you saved, and it, it didn't compile, it didn't work, so you had to to check the fifteen thousand lines as well. So, I mean, this this is what we did before, but at home. Simple programs. I tried to write the games, and later, yeah, later I bought some. Or I actually, sometimes you try to hack them because they were so expensive. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes successful, successful, sometimes not. And what I played most is probably like adventures at that time, Monkey Island. So this mm -hmm. Lucas Art uh, game okay. stuff. Yeah. So what happens then? What happened then? I mean, uh, probably again. I was lucky. I at, with at. Uh, about the same time I was uh, starting like to work in, a little bit next to school uh, in, in holidays and stuff. Uh, my uncle was uh, running a small company like 15 kilometers away where they did like um, electronic installations, like steering um, stuff. And so I was working there sometimes in the, uh, as well, wiring things and, and kind of that. Okay. And like a few years later, they started to install computers all, everywhere. For 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 all the office uh, stuff and for the um, designing of these uh, wiring things, mm -hmm. the special programs, of course. And uh, I was asked whether I could help the guy who installed those computers. Yeah, of course, I, I did. And it turned out that this guy wasn't uh, too well educated. Let's say nice guy, but he didn't know much more about computers than I did. Mm -hmm. And so uh, pretty soon, I could help him with the installations of the software and kind of thing, uh, or these kind of things. And then the Company said, "Hey, but if if you're good at these things, hey, you can and can come more often and help us with the installation and stuff." And that's actually how I financed my my studies when I started studying. Um, Monday was only always off. I went to that uh, that company, installed computers, and did all the say the discussions with the with the manufacturers of the software. If there was bugs and stuff, it wasn't too obvious to explain what's going on and and find out what's. Uh, where the problem is, how you have to install it, and all these kind of things. So that's 
what I did. And then I, I have, to me, it was clear. I mean, that's what I want to do. It was very, uh, very interesting and everything. Mm -hmm. And so after I finished my studies, it was clear, let's go somewhere direction, IT or especially software development. Yeah. And what what happened from the coding perspective? So your first games, you know, the Mattel, how, how it's called? Uh, Senso, right? Senso, yeah, Senso. Yeah, so what happened after Senso, between Senso and your study? Ah, okay. So um, I, I remember the, the first thing that I completely failed that I, well, I didn't, I, I, get, get, uh, I got it to run, but not as good as I wanted. That was like, how you say that, like um, battleship attack, something like that. Mm -hmm. So where where you're playing two two guys, everybody places his ships, and then you you kind of throw bombs. You don't uh, see see the the screen of the other guy. You have to okay. guess where the where the boats are. These kind of things, and I mean graphics wise, no problem. But from the logic, this was uh, pretty intense, and uh, I got it to a certain level, but the the computer was not strong enough to so that I couldn't easily beat him. That was one of the. the the early, uh, later games that I was actually trying to re uh, to write. Computer was not strong enough to make the that, game playable, or that I had had a hard time to to beat him. So like if you like a chess computer, let's say with um, only basic uh, commute, computation power, then it would be easy for a human player to to beat him. That was a, mm -hmm. bit, a little bit the same thing there. Okay, and you were able to beat the computer or not able? Yeah, I was. The computer wasn't strong enough, but I, well, I wasn't strong enough programmer to make him so strong that that I couldn't beat him. Uh, interesting problem. So I yeah, think yeah, I know yeah, it's like a, yeah. like re reverse stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's actually cool. So I didn't yeah. knew about that because okay. we met at the insurance company. You know where yeah, we had yeah, uh, yeah. other problems with uh, internationalization and Java E, <laughs> and now you're coming with the interesting stuff. That's true. Actually, we, well, we met before, but you probably don't remember. I was at the at the conference. Um, uh huh. And a conference, and uh, that's I, I will never forget. It was like maybe two thousand three somewhere in mm -hmm. I think in, in Germany, Vechax or Chax or something like that. And there was a, a podium discussion, and at that time um, we were on Java E two, mm -hmm. and uh, the, the discussion was okay. And Spring came up, and well, Java E two had all its problems, and kind mm -hmm. of ninety percent of the guys thought Spring is the solution. And that podium discussion, you were on it, and like four guys from the, from from Spring, including the founders and, and stuff, and uh, everybody kind of expected the the after this discussion, everybody will go for Spring, and it turned out that everybody would go for Java Eat after that because you had so good arguments, you knew all the details and stuff, and that was pretty impressive. So I thought this guy. Well, thank you. I cannot remember about. this at all, really. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, no? uh, but. Um... And then, yeah, it's interesting because I never had a direct discussion with Spring. I never did a Spring a lot, um, as yeah. you know. So it's interesting. Yeah. So um, that yeah, was kind of the, the mm -hmm. sure, it was one of the first uh, things you said was actually I don't know too much about Spring. I know the the E part, yeah. Mm -hmm. But if you have dedicated problems or like aspects that are not good, whatever, I can try to explain how you would do it in in Java E. And uh, to me, it was like super convincing actually to to most of the of the crowd as well. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, um, but back to you after uh, Senzo on Battleship. Their Battleship yeah. was um, too slow, too slow uh, yeah. to beat you. So, what you did then? I would, I would buy a larger machine, but I suspect it's <laughs> not what <laughs> okay, you did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe that. Yeah. The one thing I remember was actually the the first game I was hacking. That was mm -hmm. um, Werner. This was like a German uh, ah. comics thing. 
And that was yeah, a, a, I forgot about this. Is the van yeah. around? This was like a, like a rocker, right? With a motorcycle. Yeah, 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 yeah. He kind of, you kind of, he was building bicycle and all this kind of things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I got the, the disc from a, from a guy, but it, well, obviously there was kind of a protection, mm -hmm. so I couldn't start up. And it turned out that it was, uh, well, let's say pretty, ba pretty basic um, protection. It was just like the the names of the um, of the, the the files that were used to to run the game were kind of hidden on the disk. Mm -hmm. So I wrote a program that would kind of try out all the combinations with letters and stuff like that to to find um, what the, uh, uh, files are around on the disk. And then after well uh, one night of running, I, I knew okay, this is these eight files, and then I just had to write a, a startup script basically. Um, put it, you know, those things in order and, and start. But how you found it out? I mean, the, the there was, mm -hmm. there was kind of, I think, I think actually I, was, I, I, I discovered that you couldn't ask, well, if you did like a directory or stuff like that, they wouldn't show up. But I, I, I found out that with the delete command, you could, um, you would, would get feedback whether this file ex is existing or not. When you, when you said, I had, um, oh. delete file, mm -hmm. Adam, dot mm -hmm. com whatever if it was not around it would un it would um, reveal the truth and so, so yeah I, true I, hacker so this is actually a cool uh, idea right well uh, at that time it was pretty fun but uh, i not, didn't follow that career path no no no, no. but uh yeah. the interesting uh but um how you found out that there are hidden files because there was nothing on disk and it still worked right this was the yeah that, that was kind of the thing the okay. only okay only explanation mm -hmm. yeah well pretty obvious explanation yeah yeah nice and afterwards, yeah. so the stick was basic, or you learned another programming language. Now, well, that's the, that was basic on the on the Schneider. Actually, pretty early there was a, another um, kind of special language that was Logo. I don't know whether yeah, you cool. ever yeah, for, of yeah, course, yeah. it's a turtle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I I kind of kind of tried to to draw stuff with the turtle. I think that was all. It was Rotate pretty fun. Because... Left, right, R L. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah this yeah. is the commands exactly. Yeah, yeah, Go yeah. fifty yeah. forward. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you have a uh, Mac? Sorry? Do you have an Apple, Mac? Yeah, yeah, la 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 latest 15 years, but at that time I wasn't working yeah. and running. There is a logo for Mac. Oh, okay. And I forgot actually the name. You have to search for it. It's open okay, source. I have to. And yeah. the crazy stuff is you can uh, you can do system programming with it. So you have access okay. to, to, to speak, speak subsystem. I actually forgot uh, the name. But if you search for Apple logo, you will find uh, the software. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you can oh, cool. uh, install it for free and uh, actually do printing everything, not not just the throttle. Okay, cool. Because I mean, uh, uh, it was very special. It was kind of completely different to other languages because only of that yeah, yeah. Um, few yeah. commands and, and and this kind of things. Ah, nice. Idea. It actually looks like assembly, right? Because over two letters yeah. and then yeah. 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 Um, cool. Yeah, and then yeah, well, after logo, then uh, kind of um, did some some tool Pascal. Mm -hmm. stuff at uh, school and university and actually the the first language i was professionally working with was Smalltalk, and um actually i i loved it and the the probably special story there is um at that time so, so, you, was, so you went from basic to small talk yeah yeah with okay little little bit of Turbo pascal in the in the, in the object middle. people small talk or what <laughs> which one um, Visual Age, small talk. Visual actually. Age, ah, yeah. uh, IBM's. Yeah, yeah. I started with like once. Actually, the time that I started at the, the company it was a, a big Swiss bank, 
they just made the switch from uh, Envy Smalltalk to Visual Age. That was one zero Visual, visual Age, and then I we stick there with like and until and this I was after your study. So in study, you're very yeah, yeah, actually work. my first yeah. job, yeah, yeah. yeah and 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 um, during your study, any yeah. other programming language? Tova Pascal. Yeah. Actually, I, I I studied physics and oh, okay. mathematics, wow. and like IT was just like a, um, a side matter because and and you enjoyed uh, studying or or not? I, I enjoyed it. Um, Let's say what was what was kind of unexpected to me was um, at that time in Germany, if you did like um, your uh, your abitur, you mm -hmm. had to choose two main topics, and that was for me was math and physics. And because like I always say, like if you have the the, the gene, the, the math gene, it's no work, right? It's very easy to, to mm -hmm. when you, if you are um, kind of wired the, the way that you are easily grasp the, the the concepts and everything. You don't have to to learn much. That's why I always love those things. And the funny thing was when I when I then went to university, kind of changed the the physics part. It turned out that I had uh, such a good or like demanding teacher at school that for the first two years physics was basically running. I I, I had heard already all these kind of things that for the first two years it was super easy, and then it was like two math um, lessons. The one was also very easy, and the other one I didn't understand anything. It was just like crazy high level stuff. But it turned out it was actually the the the, the professor who was just like crazy wired and oh. so i had to str uh, struggle with that one math lesson all the, all the rest was pretty nice mm -hmm. and yeah and i enjoyed it and i had enough time with the or like could always take the monday off so i had my my work where i worked with computers i earned some money and was a well, was a cool time yeah interesting math but you say uh, you like uh, you like math or not uh, for me it was like at school if i look at the you know formulas and the entire math yeah. i didn't yeah. like that at all i don't know okay. for me it was like it looked like i don't know so artificial stuff which okay yeah yeah pointless completely pointless yeah. and superfluous yeah. right so like uh, who who needs that yeah. and um now if i think about this for me is math almost like programming so uh, yeah. it is very, very I yeah. see the parallels yeah. everywhere yeah. between math and Absolutely. programming. Yeah. But uh, back then, I just said, okay, uh, whatever. I, I, I don't care a, a lot about math. Just, you know, skip that and do something different. And now I will uh, actually appreciate math. Um, okay. But um, if, if back then I remember, it, you know, look at the math book uh, at school and I say, okay, what they want from me? You know, this is somehow, I know okay. how it works, but I know why yeah. it's so strange, you know, all, all in different characters. And, 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 okay. and I just hated the entire approach, you know, how the how the teachers teach math, you know, with the entire ceremony as, okay, what, what what's going on here? And in study, the uh, prof said, okay, we do everything from scratch. It's like, okay, now is my chance, you know, to learn everything from scratch. <laughs> And, and then okay. I enjoyed that, but it was crazy fast. So it, I think in okay. the first week we did whatever we did before, but still I could. Then I enjoyed it somehow, and um, but but was still I enjoyed programming more than later, right? So uh, but okay. right now I'm really interested. So if um, if I have find some times, so I would even read some math books. But uh, it's interesting okay. to say it's not like for me it was not like you no know, um, either you you like math or not. Uh, yeah. I only you know I would like to learn something, but I have to know mm. why. Just to learn okay. new strange characters for me was okay. This I pointless, so I don't care. This was so a little bit uh, interesting. Okay. Uh -huh. Well, actually, like in 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 the similar direction. But I realized like when when I think well, you have math earlier in school than physics, and when physics came on top, that was for me like the the justification why I could can or should yeah. learn some of the formulas because then it, you get like practical um, 
you can actually use him for something that you, you yeah, pressed, and, and right? in my case, yeah. not. They were not synced. Yeah. You know, this yeah. was not. There was no relation between physics and math. This was like ah. I know this ah, okay. was not 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 well done in my case. So I ah, this, okay. this was the problem. One question okay. to you because you studied yeah. math. I um, yeah. asked the question several guests already because I'm interested in it. If you if oh, now or you know twenty years uh, or uh, whenever you studied or. two years ago, um, <laughs> if you look at a at a crazy complex math formula, um, yeah. is it like you look at code, so you know what's going on, or you have to to look at it differently. No, there are a crazy, complicated math formulas. Yeah. If a good mathematician sees the formula, is for him this like code or more like a pattern? You know, whatever what I mean. Yeah, I I'm, I'm pretty sure that if a good math, uh, mathematician sees it, it, it's for him the same as for us the code. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure. For me, I'm I'm too far away there, mm -hmm. um, but I always kind of. Still found it fascinating that uh, the, with this complex formula, I mean, the the, the similarity is uh, you you also can um, divide it in pieces, right? Yeah, refactor. And you you start with one term and try to analyze. That's that's very similar to, to the program thing. Overall, the overall thing is incredibly complex. But mm -hmm. if you put it or uh, divide it in smaller parts, then you can still grasp what's going on. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, uh, okay. but they wouldn't call me a good mathematician, no. No, sure. Nobody studied mathematics, yeah. no. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay, so you learned two two of Pascal at school, so, but lots of math, and then NV and uh, Visual H for yeah, small yeah. talk happened. Yeah, yeah. And the the really funny thing because I I never heard another guy saying that. Um, um, no, first one thing, like the the, the the cool thing with the Visual H was, I was just lucky that I, I came into the team. It was pretty small, like it was like um, 10 guys who were doing small talk in uh, in that whole um, bank with, I don't know how many um, hundreds of um, IT guys. And the majority was doing C and C++, um, C++ projects. Yeah? And they all had, with the huge projects, they all had the same problem memory allocation and, and this kind of thing so right? they had memory leaks all over the place that um all the big project had a uh, um, enormous delay because they couldn't really handle those things and with small talk we hadn't we didn't have this that problem at all so i was mm -hmm. pretty happy and i, I really en enjoyed it and everything um and but then in uh, 97 i mean java came out uh, or 96 it came out in 97 i got the chance to to do my first uh, my first um I said uh, class, or, um, and I said, "Yeah, let's let's go for it." I, I went in, and uh, I hated it, and simply because why the hell did the guys not use that elegant uh, style of small talk, like in, in this um, kind of uh, words pattern? But why did they have to use the syntax, which is uh, uh, much more technical? And later, I realized. Um, I mean, there's only one explanation: is they wanted to make sure that they attract all the C plus plus guys, so they had to make it kind of look similar mm -hmm. to that mm -hmm. but yeah i mean the the other concepts uh, um garbage collection all this kind of things virtual machine that was all from from small talk so at some point i said okay it's a it's a fair compromise they had to attract the the the, the c++ guide but i happily jumped on on, on java because i i really liked that concept with the virtual, virtual machine and everything and of course there was one big advantage that it was already compiled small talk inter being interpreted the the images were huge and it was pretty slow in execution and that was was much better with Java then. I was um, maybe 2002 in a project with uh, Smalltalk programmers yeah. who were forced to migrate to Java yeah. because yeah. the the Smalltalk runtime was no more supported and ah, okay. uh, they had to use Java. 
Yeah. And they didn't like Java, and I helped them, or was supposed to help them to migrate. And this was actually yeah. interesting. At the, at the beginning, they also hate me, but but I had just, you know, <laughs> I, I was assigned, you know, so can you help them? So, of course. And um, what I remember, they had interesting concepts. For instance, they had uh, meta inheritance. And yeah. I said, they asked me, you know, what about meta inheritance in Java? So I go, what are you talking about? And and they explained me uh, what they want, and we found a pattern. I never used this actually in, in okay. Java. What uh, they had, they had Java class. Within the class, there was inner class, and we yeah. inherited the inner class, and they were happy. So exactly this is what uh -huh. we have, you know, in, in meta inheritance in Smalltalk. So okay, I will never do this in Java, but if you are happy, I helped you, you know. Okay. So uh, we had at the at the end a really strange concept, but it worked perfectly because what we did, uh, the entire system was object oriented JPA. Uh, it was highly okay. complex, and we yeah. had just you know a view facets with the persistence. And the yeah. um, and uh, and the entire graph or whatever it was calculated itself, like in Smalltalk. In Smalltalk, it was the same. And also, mm -hmm. what they were crazy about were blocks. They also asked me, you know, yeah. how to build do blocks in Java. It's like, what what do you mean by block? It's just a block. It's like I mean, we don't have blocks. And back then, there was no uh, Java eight. So um, yeah. I think the, um, they wanted to have something like lambdas. You know, uh, okay. yeah. uh, this is what they what they what they always showed me. You know, the block. This is just a block, and the block has state. Yeah. Again, we don't in a class. Yeah, but it's ugly. Okay, what we can do, right? So this was okay. this was my relation to the small talk guys, and um, and uh, the Java program, um, the Java project was actually really great. Uh, the only problem was the company's architect was a true enterprise architect, and we didn't have any layers, no plugins. This was Eclipse project, oh, okay. and he wanted to have like you know ten plugins and layers, and, and I said, okay, uh, we can do this, but it works fine without the layers and plugins. And he was yeah. never happy. So this was uh, okay. this was the story with Smalltalk. Cool. And what did the guys say about the syntax? I mean, if Smalltalk is super elegant to read. No, they because... they hated that. Also, what yeah, they hated yeah. is uh, they showed me these uh, Smalltalk that they can. Um, uh, what they edited was the program. So there was no distinction between IDE on the runtime, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any yeah, Java yeah. back then, there was Eclipse, and this was ugly. We had AND back then, right? So this was yeah, no yeah, comparison yeah. to Smalltalk. So yeah, they yeah, hated yeah. the entire thing, of course. Yeah, but yeah. they had no chance because they, this okay. was the contract yeah, yeah. from them. So that, actually, they, this was an external company of developers yeah. who provided to another external company software. And uh, I was asked by the, uh, by the uh, paying company to help the other company to make it successful. And and it was successful actually. So um, the amazing thing is that the Smalltalk uh, developers, without any Java knowledge, uh, managed to deliver the entire system with uh, the remaining budget, which was like a five percent of the budget, and ninety five percent before was burned on you know documentation and architecture wow. diagrams and meetings or whatever. So and 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 you know in the in the last few weeks or few months, I don't remember anymore. Uh, we implemented the system, and in the end, we had really fun. So with it, so. Okay, cool. um, they they somehow liked me and I liked them. I learned also some concept from them because they were concepts which were very unusual in Java. Right? Yeah. There's there's one thing that I will never forget in in, in Smalltalk and that I I don't know exactly what I used it for, but it was crazy. There was like the option to override the method does not understand for any object. Ah, this so, is method not exist. This is also yeah, the other. Yeah. Pro so yeah, we can yeah. call method which doesn't exist and do something with it, yeah. right? And and like like that, we did some kind of generic stuff. Like yeah. we made mm -hmm. objects behave in completely I don't know crazy man uh, manner just by overriding this this method. It was extremely powerful, but of course extremely dangerous. It was super hard to kind of de debug or whatever. Mm -hmm. But this 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 is something I always appreciate. This is why I think in 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 
some dynamic languages like Ruby or Groovy, they did parses with it. Yeah, because exactly. if you invoke, you know, the tags and they do not exist, but remember how yeah, this yeah. was called and you can you can remember what, what yeah. Um, yeah. What similar thing, yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. Smalltalk was usually for Java and then how long did you, uh, what I understood, you 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 you, uh, you liked really Smalltalk and then you switched yeah. to Java, right? So yeah, yeah. what is it, how long you stick with Smalltalk? One point, one and a half years, not that okay. long, or maybe two, maybe two, yeah. And then Java came in, Java yeah, one, yeah, one. Yeah. which one, yeah. in, remember? Um, one, one, zero, three. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, then I think yeah. also Visual H for Java, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Those are the same companies, so or they migrated yeah, yeah, from Smalltalk yeah. to Visual H for Java. What yeah. I didn't like in Visual H for Java at all is the fact you never saw the entire source code. You remember this? Yeah. If you click at the method, you saw just the method. If you click at the class, you 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 yeah. you only the class body. I think with the attributes, and to yeah. see the entire method, you had to export to print it or export it somewhere. And I yeah. never used Visual Edge for Java. I started um, Visual Edge for Java in the year 2001, maybe. So it was Java 1, 2 later. And I started yeah. before with JBuilder and Semantic Visual Cafe and yeah. Java Studio Workshop, Java Studio. Yeah, mm -hmm. I was working with other IDs as well, but uh, like Visual Cafe was um, insanely un unstable. It was like with, with larger projects that... Re yeah, re I tried everything. I just like the yeah. look at. Uh, I, I just like you know switching between IDEs because every okay. IDL IDE was a little bit different. What I remember, yeah. the Semantic Visual Cafe was able to generate something like GraalVM now a static image. The yeah. uh, the uh, JBuilder was uh, really good with Swing and uh, refactoring. Yeah, the, the, the the UX designer. Yeah, the UI yeah. designer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I wanted to design. try the um, Code Warrior. But never managed. Yeah. This is a okay. uh, this was a, a cool ID yeah. back then, Code Warrior. But I, yeah, I never. Yeah. I ne we have to find it somewhere and just yeah. launch it just for fun. But um, and uh, and then came Visual H for Java, and I was not custom just to look at a method. I couldn't understand the code. I remember now it would be a problem. But back then, yeah. I just wanted to see the entire thing, and so I sometimes I printed the class, you know, to understand That's what's crazy. going on. This is what I remember yeah. was uh, Visual H for Java. Yeah, the other thing what um, what was like strange when you came from uh, Visual H for Smalltalk that actually like thirty percent of the features they had in the Smalltalk uh, IDE that were missing in Java, and that was really really crazy. Like one thing I I actually knew this was my first plugin as I was writing then was like you 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 had like projects where you organized your code, and if you had some some layering you would use for the whole um, one application to run, you would probably need ten projects. Mm -hmm. And in, in Smalltalk, there was a concept of something that you could kind of bundle 10 projects or any number of projects, and he would um, load the ones in a, in, this, in the dedicated versions that you were indicating mm -hmm. um, directly in your ID. And mm -hmm. in, in, in the Java world, that was missing, and it was like such a huge uh, backstep. So that was the last uh, um, plugin that I was writing that you kind of stored it in text, but you could at least automatically load it because else would mm -hmm. lose so much time. But thankfully, what happened, my Visual H for H project was too big and the okay. Visual H for Java stored the entire thing in an internal database. It was called Envy, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. Yeah, and this crashed. So we had to move to something yeah, yeah, else so, to Eclipse yeah. back then and this was better. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. this is, yeah. Same same here. I, we went. We switched on also to, to Eclipse, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So what happened yeah. then? So you are, you are then Eclipse uh, Java guy and you just Eclipse, hacked something yeah. at uh, um, at the company and you did something in leisure, uh, in your leisure with, you know, um, with programming or or not? In the, in the When I st had started programming, I was still basically gaming in, in, in my, my leisure time. 
And after that, I did some, well, minor project. I don't remember too much because it was pretty intense. And I actually, too often, I uh, kind of um, took the, the problems from, from work home and kind of tried to oh, okay. um, find more elegant solution and this kind of things. Mm-hmm. So there was not too much time to, to do my um, own project stuff. And one interesting thing that I remember was like, then I was also working for a, for a bank. And I think that was probably with JDK 1.3. And we, uh, with the bank, obviously, you have uh, to work with currencies and stuff like that. And we had our own class um, for currencies. Mm-hmm. And then I think with the 1.3, um, there was a, a currency class in the, in the mm-hmm. JDK. We said, hey, cool, let's, let's switch to that. Of course, we can drop all the, the custom code. Was fine, but then there was like um, the war and kind of new nations will show up around Yugoslavia and all this, um, this, this countries there. And at a certain point, we needed a, a currency which was not in the JDK. And we, okay, no problem, it should be extendable, right? But it wasn't. It was actually, there was no way or no legal way, let's say, to add to use a currency in the system with the Java currency class that they was not foreseen. They had hard coded crazy. I mean, in the JDK, hard coded. They had this currency exists basically. Well, with the three digits uh, at three letters uh, abbreviations. And what we had to do was decompile the JDK, manipulate that class, add the currency we needed, recompile and ship it to two hundred. 200 clients in, in, in the company so that we could still work with the Java currency. Like so that. a highly legal... Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, exactly. But the only option. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, there were so many cool things, but I, don't, I didn't understand at that time that Java was already really widely used, right? How, how could... Was that, though, I don't know, no, no code review or whatever? How could that happen that the guy who designed that class had such a bad day that he would uh, make it not extendable. Maybe it was on purpose that they say, okay, uh, there's like security leak, you know, if you make it extendable, someone could okay, replace maybe, the currency, okay, whatever. Maybe. I think this would be... Could be, could be. Yeah, yeah. Could, could be, they yeah. Were really strict and, yeah. Yeah, but it was kind of strange, yeah. Okay, yeah. nice. So, um, yeah. then, JDK 1.3 and Eclipse. Then you switch yeah, yeah, the companies, or... Yeah, I, I like, I like uh, every, I don't know, three, four years, basically. Mm-hmm. But not, never like... Uh, well, always when either there was no more, um, say, no more challenge or some companies kind of they, they switched from custom development to like um, just buying, buying a one size fits all solution. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted kind of to hack. So, so I went, was in, uh, in financial industries, but also in, in IT companies, um, always with Java. And, and pretty soon I started to develop more in direction of architecture. I had the... Uh, the luck that in in many companies we kind of it made sense to build some kind of frameworks uh, like uh, basic layers. There was no JPA, for example, so mm-hmm. we we wrote a, basically like SQL generator, like at first a kind of persistence layer. I remember in some one company I was writing such a layer, but it was really cool. And then um, we discovered later that uh, well, if you do using prepared statements, it was much faster execution because mm-hmm. of the caching and everything mm-hmm. in the database. And actually, it took like two days. To modify that that layer, that it was now using prepared statements instead of uh, the, the old one um, way before, and this kind of thing that was this was pretty uh, motivating, and yeah, other base libraries for I don't know file access whatever. I mean, the JDK or Java wasn't delivering so much out of the box. There were, were not so many third-party libraries, so I was mainly basically working with these things, and uh, I was. 
was kind of interesting how to have to refactor to, um, you were um, using first application try to separate the libraries and then you're writing the, the second application that you would realize okay this this is not really generic it was only working for the first case you have to adapt it and so that like that i pretty soon learned that uh, in testing is important that i wanted to have huge uh, test coverage so that i really dare to to adapt the libraries and these kind of things yeah, and then i went more and more in, in direction of uh, architecture actually yeah. Okay, but as we met, you yeah. were already architect. We yeah. coded a lot. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, I was always the of the opinion that say like being a kind of a software architect is basically a, a hopefully a good developer. I, I I never met a good architect who has not been a good developer. Uh, but like caring about things, conceptual things, where where many other developers are probably not interested in. Yeah, and uh, I was there in in the architect role exactly, but and and the. The, the reason why I brought or uh, uh, um, hired you basically there was that um, we had the challenge that we had an, an architecture that was completely end of life and Java E5 was um, showing up at the horizon and of course I wanted to have something modern and I didn't, I actually we had like 150 developers at the company, so like seven architects and it was the, the lead architect and there was kind of a um, premium where we met once a week and discussed things and stuff. And it was just impossible to convince the guys that we have to go for a completely new path, new um, approach, and use the new features. Because most of those guys, they've been in that company for all, um, forever. They only knew that one architecture, and they compared everything, every new new idea we brought up. They compared with the existing one, which actually had its problems. So I was more of the opinion that let's um, cut the old stuff. Let's um, see what's now available and uh, with Java E5 we had also the problem with the application service at that time. We were on WebLogic and the, the I think it was the WebLogic 10 version wasn't uh, wasn't spec conform. There were so many um, problems. You 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 read the spec, you programmed something and it would, would just not work on the on the WebLogic server. That was the point where I, um, where I hired you to kind of Show us what we can do with uh, with the stock things that just came with Java E5, and probably yeah, if required, okay, add some libraries like Spring or whatever. It turned out we didn't need that, and also with the application server, you you came with a Glassfish, and uh, yeah, then we then we um, had the things running on Glassfish and was much much leaner, and it was actually spec conform. So what, what, what I only remember is uh, yeah. that you had, or someone, I don't know whether you or someone else, this is yeah. interesting, you had a presentation yeah. and there was New World. Yeah. On yeah, that. This was so new. this was yeah. New World Architecture, yeah. this is what I remember. Yeah. And yeah. then I yeah. saw the uh, web logic and uh, I saw the new architecture was basically the same as the old one. And, I, and, and, and there was a meeting and I say, I don't do this. As I mean, this is new, not New World. What you, this is just, you know, a small patch. So either we rename it or we, but this is not this what I was hired for. And yeah. uh, then it's escalated a bit. And what happened then, you're right with the Glassfish. So we managed to, to make it work on WebLogic. I remember we had lots of proof of concepts or whatever. And then yeah. Glassfish happened. And what I remember is I asked someone, who decides actually between WebLogic and Glassfish? And someone yeah. says a manager. I say, okay, can we meet him? And and yeah. the discussion stopped. So um, yeah, maybe. And then I so, said, okay, let's try it. And yeah. we went to lunch with him. You remember? Yeah, and he yeah. was the nicest guy ever. And he yeah. said, and I explained him with no, with the Glassfish. Yeah. And he he asked me, no, how expensive is Glassfish? He said, it's free. <laughs> so okay. And why we are not doing this right now? So I get, I have no idea. But if you can decide, you know, then decide. And yeah. he was really so nice. 
And yeah. um, and then you told me that the manager met another company and 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 also promoted Glassfish in the other company afterwards. This is okay, what you, I, you, you what you told me then that okay, you know the manager was so happy okay. with the glassfish okay. they met you know okay. golfing or whatever they did okay and yeah. and 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 he asked you know the other companies do you know about glassfish they said no no okay. no we're running websphere so, okay you should also try glassfish you know this is what happened this is what I remember but okay. I don't remember what we exactly did in the project we coded a lot I remember there are some issues with JNDI I also remember yeah and yeah. we uh, deleted a lots of interfaces and factories of course. That's, this yeah, is like yeah. This is what we're, people are against yeah. against us, but it everything worked. And yeah. um, with Glassfish, we could delete more. This is if you use Glassfish, the architecture was even leaner. This was this was the idea back then. Absolutely. So I maybe I was two months there, right? Once a week or something. This is was yeah, yeah. I think there was a little break, and then you came came back again. Yeah, but it was was a cool time, intense time. Yeah. And okay. the, the problem was the problem was and, and, and that this is kind of funny. I it's still around in, in the whole financial industry in Switzerland. You always have to have a reference, even for some technical stuff. People always want or many people always want to have a reference in the same um, in the same area, like also in financial industry. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't get it. I mean we're talking about some underlying technology, but mm-hmm. still that I said that's why uh, we probably needed that 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 lunch with the manager. And I remember that guy, really cool guy. I still have contact with him. And, and uh, greetings uh, to him, if he remembers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, sure. And uh, it's, I mean, I I met that. That was actually one of the reasons that I well, what, what what I wondered. No yeah, one asked yeah. the question. Who decides that? Could we do this? And then you know everything was silent. Yeah, in theory yeah. we could ask the guy, and if his times yeah. again, then and then it was like the next lunch. Of course, he was there. <laughs> was the nicest guy ever. It was not not a problem at all actually for me. Yeah. Well, this guy actually was kind of, um, it wasn't that my direct report, but in, in terms of um, as a being a lead architect, he was my kind of direct report. And I had some, several occasions where I also was stuck. I couldn't get the, the gremium to a decision. Yeah. And then I just went to that guy and said, listen, I see it like that. And these are the facts and stuff. And if he said, yeah, okay, he agreed with it. I had no problem convincing the other guys. It was like a rather hierarchical structure at that time. And uh, yeah, sometimes then it's a lot faster if you have just one guy decide and, and go for it. Mm-hmm. Because uh, if you if you decide as a let's say no, normal developer, whatever, you have to to carry the consequences as well. And a lot of guys there were I don't know whether they had a bad bad experience with wrong decisions, but it was not really like a fault tolerant culture at that time okay. at least. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I just remember so actually the team was nice, but this particular yeah. situation was 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 uh, so interesting for me so. that no one yeah. actually thought about the most obvious things to 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 to, to ask someone who gives actually the yeah. money whether it is okay. okay you know to do yeah. this but you know what well, you know the fun fact i mean I, I think i left like one year later and okay. two years later they, they migrated back to to web logic to web logic yeah <laughs> and, and now they're still running web logic maybe right i don't i don't know no Inter- actually uh, rather the the jboss stuff yeah okay um, interesting um so and what do you what happened then to you? So you uh, so you might so you did some content management stuff. I remember, right? Uh, yeah, actually, in 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 the I uh, in the in between insurance and the content management stuff, I actually um, I wanted to kind of um, buy an existing company where a guy wanted to retire soon. It was also like a software mm-hmm. products thing, but um, I actually was doing that for nine months. It was cool. It was in maintenance, and the the, the cool thing was like. Uh, 90% of the companies uh, did not have a uh, software to, to um, manage their maintenance. And it was very easy to sell. You could just say, okay, if your kind of, delivery chain stops for one day, 
how much uh, do you lose? I don't know, 10,000 francs. Okay, here's a software, 2,000 francs will help you prevent 90% of these cases, basically selling itself. But it was like technically really in a bad shape and everything. And I tried to, that at that time in my leisure, I, I rewrote it with, um, what was it, Eclipse RRP? Like like a, a yeah. technology mm -hmm. where you had like um, had web front end and, mm -hmm. and yeah and and uh, set was it was say. it actually nice this rep? And um, for the I, I I only did POCs, but for the POCs it was pre pretty nice in in the in the in the sense that I was pretty sure that I with this software I needed um have fat clients and and the web client and okay. I was not never a good web developer so I I could just one size fits all basically the approach okay. that was the, the the thing I liked about it and also with the was basically yeah you could use like the like the the, the eclipse plugin system with the if you needed several um, areas in the screen and resizing all this kind of things came basically out of the box that was pretty nice but i never went to production anything okay but uh, yeah after nine months uh, actually everything looked good but i we couldn't get um agree on on price and and other things with the with the owner so it kind of uh, didn't work out and then i went uh, yeah at that time a uh, small company that was doing content management was like 13 guys i was the number 13 actually yeah? and i stayed there for like five and a half years yeah five and a half years and it in, in that time it grew like um to over 100 employees with several uh, locations that's interesting uh, experience right yeah. so uh -huh. and that was that was actually the the i was super lucky in a term of that uh, the developers were crazy good when i joined there were like five developers and I saw the product before well, when, I, when I was uh, applying for the job and then they, showed, they demonstrated me that the product and was insanely powerful. And I, I just couldn't grasp how five developers could have such uh, written such a software. And uh, yeah, so I, I joined there. It was really cool. I learned a lot. They were really great guys. And uh, next to the programming, what I learned there really was like really true agile development because it was really self-organized and... I'd say um, really boundaries were really really wide. There was no um, no time tracking for nobody, and I just kind really a lot of um, trust in the, in the, in the employees, and it was crazy. I didn't know that before. And uh, with five developers, easy one kind of HR team. Later were more teams, uh, more teams, and so um, I didn't realize at that time. But I it was for me a completely different mindset if you kind of work because in the in the financial industry before that was rather hierarchical of course and everybody could have a say and and um, um, tell his ideas and stuff that was really one cool. question because the company yeah. grew my expectation yeah. was with growth is that the yeah. uh, fun and the quality goes away it is really hard to maintain the spirit yeah. of a small team in a large that's, company that's that's true um, in and I think the, the the main problem there was probably that uh, we company grew too fast mm -hmm. because at the, I, I did the, all the hirings at that time the hirings interview and sometimes I had like uh, I don't know 15 20 hirings interview uh, a week and um, yeah there was not just not enough talent and mm -hmm. but still like the pressure was always there to, to hire guys and the let's say the the average level of developers in in any sense was was um, was going down then with the with the, with the getting the, uh, the company getting larger that that's that's true yeah and maybe then and you also, know the really developers the core developers also will lose their motivation if they find out that everything becomes more political and you know less yeah. focus on quality. well some did some are still around so, but but it, that was one of the problems and also like the 
what was disappearing a little bit was the spirit because when we were so small, I remember many nights, many um, weekends also that we kind of tried uh, hacked and kind of tried to um, get some releases out, and it was a really kind of special feeling and nice, nice, nice teamwork. Yeah. Also, what 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 is uh, was a great experience. I mean, the more than eighty percent of the code from that product was actually open source, so they had like two flavors: open source and commercial version. Mm-hmm. And the, the open source version was already really strong, and yeah, most of the code was there. So that means at that time, anything you committed, um, potentially five minutes later, you would get a, a comment or like a, we had an IRC chat with all the developers in um, from, I don't know, Singapore. Someone would say, hey, why did you do it like that? And it was like, I, I never had such a direct feedback from so many people. And uh, well, it was pretty challenging because you had to think twice. Then uh, you, you don't want to be the, the stupid guy who just committed something which was not working perfectly, right? So that was really the, this all these open source things and community was really really crazy. Yeah, yeah perfect. Very good time. Yeah. And then it was no more challenge for you because company was too big, so you change again. Um. Yeah. Somehow uh, there was a, there still was the challenge. I actually believed in it, but I I wanted to do the next step. I saw in my I saw many problems that uh, uh, in the in the terms of how people collaborated, and at that time I was like the deputy deputy uh, manager for the developers. And uh, I wanted to be really in charge because I did uh, lots of things, hiring and this kind of things, but I didn't have the final decision many times. And I felt like I was much more empath- empathic. I could help the guys better to to um, focus on the work and the things. But at, uh, at that time, I didn't get the chance. So we, we tried something else within the company for a f- um, couple of months. But it was also not like too challenging. And that's why I decided or at that time I realized I want to now change my role. I want to go more in a in a leader's position to to make um, developers grow and to to create the environment they need to to do a good job. So that was my passion at that time, and I, that's why I changed then and, and got the chance to do this for the next couple of years. Yeah. Okay, so now you are on the final, not final. This is the last last job, right? Still Java. Uh, yeah, still Java. You never know whether it's the last job, but it's uh, it's a now I'm. So far away from programming as I've not been before, but I still. I, what I mean, what are you code. now? Yeah, basically like head of uh, head of engineering. Okay. Um. Yeah, but um, as the, there's like three teams, and as the teams are there, really well uh, self-organized, so they're really um, autonomous running. So um, most of my time actually um, do also like kind of agile stuff, so help the company to become more agile uh, in these things. And also enterprise architecture, because for quite a long time, we didn't have someone dedicated for this um, topic. And I think like like our landscape um, of uh, applications that we have, like the, the board stuff as well with, uh, with our custom stuff, it's, uh, it's not so um, consistent as it should and could be. So that's why putting more effort now in uh, when um, writing new features and stuff, we think a little bit more about in which system we should put what. So that we are still kind of um, flexible to to react when there's end of life for a certain system, all these kind of things. And it was pretty cool that um, we got the chance like five years ago to to put anything, everything in containers like a, um, mm-hmm. uh, Red Hat OpenShift. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the problems like we already had had a um, like a, a portal for for the, the insurance customers. So for do for doing self self service and was running on web to web logic service to Manage service. If one would go down, okay. If the second would go down, you you are you're offline, right? And if that happens on the, at, the, at the weekend, 
it wasn't so nice. And we, we were thinking about like writing scripts that would automatically detect if the server is down, restarting, and those kind of things. That's where we came came across uh, OpenShift and realized, mm -hmm. okay, that's build, actually built in the platform. And uh, by by law, you could not yet go really to the cloud in Switzerland with insurance. There's kind of um, protection stuff. It had had to be in Switzerland, right? So at, at, um, we started with uh, OpenShift, and it was pretty. But cool. you could go to Swiss region, or you, yeah. But have... at that time, they were not offering like um, ah, okay. that. You can mm -hmm. fi stay fixed in Swiss okay. region, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, so that so we will build it on premise, um, OpenShift cluster, and uh, of course, like operation guys were doing. But still, from a development perspective, you got a lot of um, contact with these things as well. And this was also pretty pretty nice because, of course, we had to rewrite our applications also mm -hmm. to become um, leaner and uh, smarter somehow. Yeah, OpenShift on premise, yeah. I really like. So I did also lots of projects. Yeah. They worked okay. just okay. really nice, yeah. and this OpenShift has nice. CLI and uh, it really hides yeah. Kubernetes well. You know, if you don't yeah. have uh, OpenShift, you have to deal with the, yeah. all the YAMLs, and uh, it is just crazy. Yeah, and the other thing that I liked or what, what I found pretty convincing was um, actually the Swiss um, railway company that's running the railways all over the place. They um, they made a presentation that was pretty convincing too. They said like um, we have one, I think one one fourth of our stuff on premise, one fourth on Azure, one fourth on Google Cloud, and one fourth on um, AWS, AWS. And because you never know how they would change their, their pricing model and everything. Mm -hmm. and, but it's in, in all these um, installations, it's the same thing, OpenShift. So you can basically move your applications around, don't have to adapt them. And But at any time they could say, okay, now we go 100% in Azure, whatever, and without major adaptions. That's that I found pretty convincing. You're not kind of um, dependent on on a, a cloud provider in a sense. In a sense. Yeah, we had a, we have to, to to to. I have to invite you back just to talk about that because um, okay. if you are a smaller company and you do yeah. this and you run, yeah. let's say, OpenShift in one cloud, this is yeah. expensive. So yeah. you will pay, you know, uh, far more than using, you know, just a simple service for, of that cloud. So um, yeah. so if you're paying a lot for the independence. And yeah. if you can pay it, it's fine. But uh, it is it is not like maybe obvious decision. No, not yeah. obvious decision. The the um, if you go to the cloud, the entire mm -hmm. thing which counts is budget. I would say so. Yeah. Uh, the the costs are immensely expensive. If you have endless amount of money, let's say almost, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. the, the, then then you can say okay, then I abstract from the cloud and I'm completely independent from the cloud. But you yeah. pay a lot. You pay more than twice as much. As I, you know, I, I get, now I get it. Yeah. And and this is hard to if if you if you can prove it in a usual company, mm -hmm. you know Kubernetes goes away and we do serverless stuff. But if they have no, um, if there is no sense of budget or costs, they don't care. So mm -hmm. uh, therefore, it, you know, because if you think about this, what you can do, you can go to the cloud and 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 install the largest available Kubernetes cluster, mm -hmm. and you are done. It runs yeah. all all the time. You pay all the time, and everyone is yeah. happy. But if you yeah. use, let's say, uh, Fargate or serverless, you will only pay what you use. So if it's not used, you don't don't pay anything. Mm -hmm. But yeah. you are depending on AWS. But you pay maybe a ten percent of the price. You know, this is interesting yeah. discussion. The same ah, with yeah, databases, yeah. and 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 yeah. we had on all over the place, because I also do a lots of AWS and 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 cloud architectures, and it's yeah. always the, the, this complete different discussion than before, because before we had already data center. 
Computing mm. didn't cost us anything usually. So you have yeah, the cluster, yeah. you just can run whatever you like. And our architecture was about, you know, simplicity, maintainability, vendor neutral neutrality. But uh, in the cloud, um, some of my clients spend a huge amount of, of money just to run OpenShift yeah. in the cloud. And if you will translate it to, you know, to, to a regular Java project, I could, for the same amount of money, migrate it, you know, 10 times to all clouds. So it doesn't, doesn't matter, actually. Or okay. put it this way to you. If you... If you if you let's say have a small Whitefly app or Quarkus or Quarkus app in mm -hmm. a container, and you push it let's say to um, this is uh, Azure App Service is called the service on Azure, or mm -hmm. uh, Fargate on uh, AWS. So I would say the deployment is very similar. You write I would say most maybe twenty lines of JSON, not if mm -hmm. you like YAML, and you are done. But of course, you are somehow depending on, on Asia, on somehow on AWS, but in both cases, you're running container and what you are depending on, you know, the name of the variable, what the Docker URI is or what the CPU is. And, and you know, AWS has vCPU and Asia has different uh, um, um, naming of the CPUs. But I mean, this is trivial stuff for developers, right? So, but if you go to Kubernetes on, uh, on clouds, then Kubernetes is an own cloud and this is very similar to me. Um, Kubernetes on AWS is similar relation like um, Spring on Whitefly. Because Spring is an application server and Whitefly is an application server. And it, if you put Spring on Whitefly, you can use the, you, you can forget about Whitefly, but it, in, you still see you know, the Whitefly because you could actually use Whitefly functionality if you are a Spring developer. The same is true for the clouds. So I saw okay. projects with Kubernetes where they had to you know uh, manage for users. You have Kubernetes users and you have the cloud users, and you have to keep it in sync. The Kubernetes uh, service has to access the database, so you have to give them somehow the credentials. So what I'm saying you in the cloud, um, um, you have the um, with Kubernetes, it is more complex than just using whatever cloud provides. This is an interesting observation in the recent three years yeah. I had. Cool. Yeah, I, I have definitely have to come back to that. Yeah. Yeah, next time, because uh, otherwise we will talk about one and a half hour just about that. This is interesting. <laughs> Everywhere we have the discussion, actually. It's like hot discussion yeah. right now. And yeah. uh, so, but point being, um, in the cloud, I never deployed Kubernetes. Also, everyone asked me about that. After mm. explaining this in this way, there was no Kubernetes in my project right now, in the cloud. On-premise, uh, we use Rancher or OpenShift. It's great. So this mm. is the most common one. And, and this is Kubernetes, but I don't care because it's already installed. I don't have you know, to do with it. I just deploy my, my applications and I'm, I'm, I'm fine. So this is, I don't care about okay. that. Yeah. Um, now that you were talking and talking about running, you were saying, just one thing came to my mind because we were talking about what we were doing in leisure, in leisure time. Actually, at that time, when, when you were, uh, I was contracting you for the designing that architecture, we missed one big chance, remember? We could have been the new Strava. You had this started this. this ah, Java yeah, this, this is this is running tracking, uh, tracking, tracking for for our running and and biking and stuff. Yeah, we should have have invested more time there. This yeah, would have been. A this is thing, true. Yeah. It was just yeah. a small project, and you are the major contributor. So you contributed actually. <laughs> I, I I wrote a crud, and you wrote anything else. This was actually cool. Um, we yeah. could you know uh, store the uh, how much we ran actually exactly, yeah. and we have like all the the. the yeah, actually, I I already I think we already could use it to to track like how many kilometers we had on our shoes or bikes and this kind of things. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. extremely cool. 
Yeah, yeah, um, yeah Strava. We should, we should uh, rename it here yeah, back then, but this is yeah. always the case, right? So, so it's just just fun. And I started with it because someone asked me you know, about some GSF UI. It's like what you can build, maybe so like, like you know, running mile calculator, whatever. And yeah. I used and I um, showed it at the Jackson somewhere because I was always asked about uh, projects and. I had to sign NDAs, you know, with your company, with every company. So I couldn't uh, ah, yeah, yeah, never yeah. talk about my project. So I said, this is actually great because I, at least I can show the running app, right? Because this is some somehow similar to my to 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 my to my stuff. But what your company is doing right now is this insurance again? Yeah, yeah, it's again insurance. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, the last time we met well, per, per email uh, or we had we, we had a contact. So you asked me about uh, Quarkus, I think, and I say yeah. I, I would use Quarkus. And what yeah. was stunning. Like three weeks later, or was it maybe yeah, a little yeah, bit longer? Yeah, you yeah. told me it runs. Yeah, it works. Yeah, and it's and it, it's running like crazy. So, so what? Your developers are great. I mean, you you migrated the entire thing in three weeks, or what was it? Well, it was not that not everything was running then, but actually, we have I really I'm lucky we have really cool guys, and I mean, it's it's like with a, I don't know with a sports club. The the more guy, um, cool guys you have in a team, the easier it's 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 getting to uh, attract other cool guys, right? Yeah. If they realize on that, that you're on a certain level, yeah. And they were all keen, um, yeah, working on that thing. We had really the problem. We had like two application server. We had some wildflies and then some thorntail stuff. Thorntail end of life. Mm -hmm. Okay, wildfly could be the option, but it's kind of too big. Mm -hmm. And we have basically two types of applications. There's like some a few portal applications. Mm -hmm. And then there's um, um, microservices, object-oriented, uh, service-oriented architecture, like to, to wiring, um, mm -hmm. uh, wiring systems, right? And we have about 25 of these um, SOA services. And we started with migrating those. Of course, we took the, the, the least complex one in the beginning. And yeah, it was pretty straightforward. And the guys were, were super happy with the, let's say, with the featuring and everything from, from Quarkus. And after these three weeks, I think like we had two or three of them running. Okay. And today, today we have um, all the services. They are, they are microservices. They are running on Quarkus, and we are in the midst of um, migrating the, the portal applications. Probably in, in two weeks, we'll probably be fine with it. And uh, the super surprisingly unexpected fact is that not only memory consumption has dropped a lot, but also CPU um, consumption has dropped a lot, and execution time is a lot faster. So it's really it's uh, the res results are overwhelming at the moment. It's really, but it's not cool. uh, not only you do, you're not using Graal. You are running on the no. JVM, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. how much could you save? Do you know it, roughly? Uh, I'm I don't know exactly, but I, my guess would be like uh, at least eighty percent in in terms of memory consumption and uh, performance boost is like two or three times at least. Wow, depends a little bit on the system, yeah, but it's really uh, measurable. Like we see, we see it in the in the OpenShift cluster, right? Like how big the ports are, and now we can resize them all. Like you see, the CPU is like crapping zero zero one percent, and memory is also like um, really low. So that's unexpectedly cool. So you could actually save money now with. Uh, of with course, purpose. yeah, of course, yeah. You could buy running shoes and go out and uh, yeah, sure. have a chalk, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, you should uh, rewrite Strava now. I think I recently read about how, um, for what price it was sold, actually. And uh, we would have would have been a good a good deal for us, of course, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah great. Um, what, what's also interesting, as you remember, yeah. you know, the new, uh, what was it, New World stuff in 2005 was around yeah. as you uh, yeah. hired me. You actually hired me or the other guy. You, you were this. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
the code we wrote back then could be actually easily migrated to Quarkus right now. It would awesome. be mo mostly compatible. This is the great story. Yeah. I have uh, other customers. Uh, there's also, I would say, 2006, 2007, similar story on, on, on uh, visual, um, no visual age of uh, WebSphere. Mm. And we did similar refactoring. And they hired me two years ago again. And I also you know, uh, show them Open Liberty and, and Quarkus. And I saw the code from back then. And with mm. minor adjustments, we could actually migrate it to Quarkus. Because uh, if you if you take a look at EJBs back then, it was not stateless. Okay, Quarkus would be a no request scoped. The injection was at EJB. You could rename it with at inject. Or, or what, what you could even do is you could even stay on Open Liberty, migrate it to MicroProfile first. And then if it runs in MicroProfile, then you can run it on Quarkus. Oh, nice. So, th so there is a really nice path. If you have old running application, let's say Open Liberty or, or, uh, or, or Glassfish, whatever you have, uh, yeah. all the application servers understand MicroProfile. And Quarkus also understands MicroProfile. So my trick is, you know, on the server, migrate on the server to MicroProfile, and then usually it works without problems on Quarkus. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's still a lot of um, old Java stuff around. And what I always find fascinating, I mean, like 10 years ago, people started singing the song that uh, Java's time is over. We go have to go for something yeah. else. And it's still around, right? Yeah. And then last trick, because you are a head of engineering, is I don't know whether you know that it's actually working. If you have now your Quarkus app with, uh, I assume, with JaxOS, with the path and dependency injection, this is what you are using. Mm. You can actually take it, package it. There is a Quarkus extension called, called, I think, Lambda HTTP REST, something like this. And then you can run it on AWS or Azure functions uh, as a function. So oh, this is the same that. code. And okay. uh, what function means is there is no Docker. There is no yeah. Kubernetes. You're paying okay. the first million invocations are free. And uh, we do the math for uh, did all the time because the question how how expensive is it? If mm. you have two invocations per second, the entire mm. month, um, twenty four seven, it will cost you roughly eleven euros. Wow, that's nothing. And uh, yeah, Maybe. this I'm just saying. Yeah. What is possible is the same old architecture we did, you know, yeah, sixteen yeah. years ago. And yeah. uh, and uh, in my current projects, we have uh, such a lambda. We have four hundred classes in it, so it's not like it's a small one. This is like okay. a larger one. And you can have up to 10 gigs of RAM and six virtual CPUs, if you like. So this is not like, you know, uh, um, uh, something small. You can, mm. uh, this is the, what I do a lot, serverless Java. So we just pay as you go. And there is no infrastructure. It's just, you know, and it's also yeah. for, from security. This thing is more secure than Docker because it runs basically in a virtual machine, which is um, started and stopped all the time and is compliant yeah. and verified or whatever. But just a note to, to telling you that no, the next... That's... Good to know. I mean, of course, we are thinking about going to the natively to the cloud. So, um, so and just to know, uh, warning you, yeah. uh, it is not yeah. like cool. picking Kubernetes and going yeah. with the same Kubernetes to the cloud. You will lose a lot of money without mm. a lot of benefit. So, my my thing is, if I go to the cloud, let's use the cloud and save money mm. if possible, and have at least you know additional features, not just, you yeah. know, have the same story like a data center because it's like refactoring it out. If you go to old app and we refactor everything for my clients, they don't care whether it is refactored or not. You know, they, they say, okay, in, in, in best possible case, there will be no, no errors, uh, uh, no problems, yeah. but usually you're always introducing problem, uh, problems during migrations, right? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Thank you. It was a blast. So I, I should re reinvite you back. We can talk, you know, in, in a few months about cloud strategies. 
Quarkus in the clouds. If I have enough background, then there, yeah, sure. No, but yeah. you are head of engineering. I mean, you are the manager <laughs> yeah. now. So you can ask me. I can try to explain you. Maybe I uh, um, oversaw something. So it would be interesting, you know, uh, from, from, from this perspective. Yeah, maybe I would be happy to be back. Yeah, of course. Or else we talk about mountain biking, running, whatever. We will find the topic, no problem. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Adam. Hey, by the way, no, thank you. Where people can find you? Are you on Twitter or whatever, blog? Actually, I'm on Twitter, but uh, my Twitter is like a really, um, let's say, um, not actively used as dynamic underscore one, two, three. But I actually, I'm, I'm in contrast to you, I'm a little bit on social media because, uh, well, Instagram, basically because uh, of yeah, my my second passion, the sports stuff, and my, my kids are, are there, so... Um, yeah, what's your Instagram? There. How to call it Instagram handle? Handle, yeah. Wait a second. I don't even know it by heart. But yeah, uh, you say you are a social guy and and you don't know your <laughs> handles. <laughs> yeah, like uh, I have the inc- uh, it's I again dynamic. So um, mm-hmm. kept, uh, small letters or everything underscore D L E D L E. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, you know, I'm I'm not so famous. I'm like four hundred something followers. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I'm not even now on Instagram, so you're uh, 400 times I more do. famous than, than yeah. me. <laughs> no, it's not more than 400 times. It's, it's um, um, I say... Um, endless. Endless, yeah, endless more times. Yeah, exactly. Coming back to the math, so we have to be, to be strict. Precise, exactly. Yeah, yeah, precise, yeah. No, but it's actually not calculatable, right? Because 400 yeah. divided by yeah. zero. Exactly. That Perfect. Is. Thank you. Cool. Yeah, thank you very much. Have a nice day.